Welcome to Positive Bitch Lady. This episode is sponsored by Conscious Transformation Trainer, Matthew Labosco. Conscious Transformation is a proven system for personal development designed to help you create a meaningful and fulfilling life. Based on cutting-edge neuroscience, ancient wisdom practices, genetics, and psychology, Matthew helps you shift limiting mental, emotional, and physical patterns to reach your full potential. To inquire about working with Matthew as a private client or join one of his classes or weekend seminars, please visit ConsciousTransformation.com slash Matt dash Labosco. All right. Well, you know how much I love my guests, but I have to tell you, I've been really looking forward to this one because we tried several times and somehow the internet gods weren't for us. But today, they're a blasted. So this week's inspiring guest that I'm putting on Positive Bitch and Power Lady is Jackie O'Malley. Now, Jackie, you can imagine, you can imagine, is the mother of three teens. I want to talk about that. And the owner of Project Mindful, which teaches stress management and awareness in schools and in the community. She has taught over 3,000 teachers and students in the last seven years. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot so we can apply to ourselves as well. Welcome, Jackie. Woo-hoo! Thank you so much, Sandy, for having me on this. Isn't it great? Isn't it great? Like, you know, it must have been met that this is when we're supposed to yip-yap. For sure. So so let's, you know, this has been a hot topic. And believe it or not, even, um, I'm going to say even more so in the last six months. Like, everywhere I go, I feel like, unless, like, I'm drawing in, it's mindful, mindful, mindful. Now, keep in mind that I have a freshman in high school. So I just keep hearing it over and over again. And when I was bringing you on last time, I was thinking about this. Every time I ask a person what mindfulness means to them, I get a different answer. So before we even get into this, Jackie, what does my, because you know, it can have several different interpretations. What does mindfulness mean to you? Yes. So mindfulness to me is this way of beginning to train our attention to be able to start to pay attention to the things that bring us joy, to start to pay attention to the things that we notice that bring us unhappiness. And when we start to begin to pay attention to these things, we begin to pay attention to them with a way in which we can be in the present moment. And when we're in the present moment, we want to notice this because so often we are taken out of the present moment and put into our crap. And that crap can be stuff from the future, thinking about our to-do list, thinking about what ifs, or putting ourselves into the past, which puts us into a lot more crap and ways of thinking that we thought was serving us. But then if we come into this present moment awareness, we may notice that it is not serving us well anymore. Okay. So while we're here, I have people, they're binging me questions. So if you hear Bing, it's just someone who's asking a question. And here's the first question. And I think this is a really great question. So I totally get that. I mean, to me, being mindful is being aware of your thoughts, not trying to control them. I, I used to hear somebody say, you know, when you say something, you go, take that back. Blah, 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 blah. It doesn't have to yeah. do it because it's not just what you're saying. It's the energy around it. You yeah. just let it out there and, you know, not 
worry, you know, you can't be constantly worried about, oh my God, I shouldn't think this should think because you could drive yourself crazy. Don't you agree? Absolutely. So when you have a thought and you realize it's not serving you well, here, let me get this question right. Mm-hmm. What do you do? Like you, you thought, oh, I just hate myself when I do that, which is not serving you well. Right. And then you go, crap, all I shouldn't have said that. Yeah. What do you do? I think the first thing is to practice just that awareness that, oh, I'm noticing something inside of me, in my body, in my mind that doesn't feel right. So there's this gentle awareness. And when we notice things, we want to notice it. And here's something that's really different, Sandy, than the way that we do things. We want to notice it with kindness and without judgment. I think those are the two key pieces. Normally, when we're thinking about what we need to do, there's so much judgment around that, you know, ways, expectations that we have for behaving and ways that we want to change ourselves. But if we can just use this kind of first step of accepting, oh, I feel this way. Okay. I think not be mad at yourself for like saying that, like as long as you, you, you say, okay, well, that's not a good thing. I don't like feeling that way, but I'm not like, so like we just beat ourselves up. Yes. Yes. And we have this real ability to think that it is serving us well by beating ourselves up. And what I found is that the more we are compassionate for ourselves, the more that we can realize that everyone is suffering. Everyone has their own crap and things that they're dealing with. And that's what makes us human. Okay. All right. All right. So I understand it. You know what I mean? I I can grasp of not being, just being aware of yeah. what you're feeling, what's in your body, not judging it, which is hard, but baby steps. Mm-hmm. And being, you know, if you're conscious of it, then you're capable of changing that. But yeah. my but. second question came from a teenager, actually. Oh, I love and it. And this young lady said, maybe this is just who I am. Mm-hmm. Maybe I just think different than every way. But her thoughts are were are very negative. So keep that in mind. Yeah. And maybe I just have to accept this as me because I've heard a million times people can't change. Oh. Which you can understand. You hear that yes. a lot. Yes. I um, thought that was a great question. Yeah, really great question. And I think, too, that some of our training, you know, we talk about our conditioning what we have been told as we grow up. And we know that those years from zero to six are those formative years where we take in uh, everything that goes on around us and we almost take it in as if it's who we are. So what our parents say to us or, or even how they act toward us, then we believe that that is who we are. And what mindfulness does is allows us to kind of begin to pick apart what we learned as a child and to be able to say, wait a minute, well, maybe I'm not lazy, right? Maybe you were told that as a child, but maybe what it is is that, you know, only certain things motivate me. 
Gotcha, gotcha. So being able to look at things from a different lens, I think is really important. And again, coming back to this self-compassion of we are all imperfect. And I think what the... um, the the teenager who wrote that is like everybody's trying to be perfect and then all of a sudden we're all stressed out thinking we're not good enough so why do you think that is even more so why do you think we're trying to be perfect especially the young kids where are they getting that from well i i think it's something that we grew up with i think you know as um you know, a child of the 70s and 80s, it was all about curb appeal and how you looked from the outside. And we've kind of continued that. And I think in the last 15 years or so, I think we finally realized that maybe that isn't the way to go about things. I think it was all about success, um, monetarily, the way that we, how many, how big of a house we have, what kind of car we drive, and now even more so with uh, Instagram and Facebook, how everybody's putting their best foot forward. And, you know, we're on this vacation, they're posting these beautiful pictures of themselves. But yet nobody is showing the side of themselves that struggles, that wakes up in the morning and looks in the mirror and says, oof, we don't show until we have a full face of makeup. Yeah. But by the way, I do see a slight change. I don't know if you have, but there so are I. people, you know, that are like, hey, I'm just going to admit it. Today wasn't my best day. Or, yeah. you know, they are doing, you know, different Instagram live or Facebook live and showing themselves without all their makeup, which yes. I don't know if the young kids are doing it. So I can't say that because I haven't watched that, yeah. but I have seen some of my peers do it. Me too. Me which too. I think is huge. Me too. But I also think that, you know, but that's rare. That's rare. Yes, you and yeah. far between. Yeah. And that's what creates this anxiety. And until we allow ourselves, my favorite word is vulnerable. Okay. I like that. I'm all about that. Yes. Until we allow ourselves to be vulnerable and we we don't want to practice being vulnerable with people who aren't going to respond with vulnerability back. But when we allow ourselves to be who we really are and to not be afraid of that, then we create connections, true connections with people. Yeah. You know what I'm thinking of? I, I don't know. Have you ever heard of the show, The Voice? Have you I ever heard of that show? All right. The Voice. Oh, okay. So I DVR it. I can't wait. You know, I watch <laughs> it. And I there some of the singers, they don't fit the normal mold of what used to go through. And there's this one young lady that is sort of like a rapper, and she sings and raps. And she went through the top eight. And so she said that – and she was so – tearful. You could see it was just coming from her heart. Thank you for accepting me as I am. Thank you for allowing me to be me and and loving me. I think we're really seeking that now because she wasn't the only one that was so different. And yet the masses loved it. They loved seeing someone be so different and get through it. Yes. I think we're starving for it. I do too. You're like, oh my God, she was so brave. That's so great that she's doing that. And if she won, great. But if she doesn't, she's doing it anyhow. Yes. Which, 
you know? Yes. And, and what did she gain from that courage, that being vulnerable, being able to be herself is that grit, right? That resiliency. Yeah. It's so beautiful when you see that. You know what? I know you deal a lot with kids and I was going to ask you this. So since my, my son, a lot of his friends, because I'm not their mother, you get this. They'll talk to me even more than my son. You can understand yeah. that, right? Yeah. So, you know, we were talking about, they were in a, um, like a counselor session at school. Or I don't know. They have those group things of, you know, to check out your self-esteem. And it's great that they have that. Yeah. And the counselor said to this one girl, so what did you get out of the session? And what's the one takeaway tool? And this girl is overly, overly like honest. Like she's not saying anything unless she really needs it. And so she's like, "Um, I don't know. And she said, the counselor said, well, that's an easy answer, but you have to give me something. And she said, I don't know. I wasn't there. The tone was really, you know, curt. And she's like, Miss Sandy, she calls me Miss Sandy. I didn't have anything. And what I think other kids do is they'll just say something so, you know, they don't get bothered. Like a lot of us are like, my friends were like, why didn't you just say you got this? And mm. and she's like, maybe, and that's what she was being trained. So she said tomorrow, it's because I think it's like a, like a three-day course they have at this high school. She's like, I'm just going to give them an answer. Yeah. And I thought, geez, Louise, I'm proud of her for saying, you know, I don't know. Let me think about it. Yeah. I wasn't trying to give a, like, it wasn't trying to be an easy out. She's like, I didn't know what my takeaway was. Yeah. I. Yeah. And so I, I said, I was going to ask you, because I don't think she should have put her on the spot like that. Like, I don't, she's like, I really didn't have an answer. Like, I don't know what my takeaway is because I kind of heard everything. I just don't, what did she say? I don't apply it which I yeah. thought was brilliant. Like, I don't know. I didn't, right. I don't know yet, you know? Well, so I just said, you know, listen, not everyone's going to be having their best day. Counselors are human. Not everybody's going to say the same thing, you know, the way you want to hear it. But that I don't, I didn't want her going back in there and giving just an answer to give an answer. But I think a lot of people do. Yeah. Well, aren't we a lot of us pleasers? Ah, <sighs> hmm. We don't want to disappoint people. Right. We want to give them what they want. So she said, the uh, the one guy said, well, it was more understanding when the woman came back. She's like, well, you want to speak your authentic truth? And she was like, well, isn't that kind of hypocritical? That was my authentic truth. Yeah. <laughs> so speak your authentic truth, but tell me what I want to hear. It, we yeah. got we to get good at this, Jack. I mean, this is something to learn from, you know? Oh. I agree. And I think um, sometimes that we don't allow ourselves to speak our authentic truth because we are so censored. And Hmm. maybe the counselor comes into that a lot, especially with teenagers, you know, there's this sense of being, you know, insecure and not wanting to do anything that would make you feel odd. Yeah. And so, so the counselor may be, yeah. Yeah. And she may experience that and she may have just been pushing them a little bit to just check in. Yeah. Inside. She meant well. Like she meant like, are you sure? Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 
And if this girl, although if she knew the girl, she would know that she's sincere to begin with. Yeah. You know, if that's what you said. She's a really kind of sincere But she wouldn't know person. that because, like, you know, it was only like a three-day thing. You, you know what I mean? Like, right. Just, so I, I, you know what? I'm glad you said that because that's true. I'm gonna when I see this young lady again, I'm gonna say, she probably, you know, just is so used to kids not wanting to really dig deep, and that was her way to try to yeah. say, you know, are you sure? Right. right. Because the yeah, the easy answer is I don't know. Right. You're right. I'm sure right. you see that all but the time. Her, yes. In this girl's particular instance, it was an authentic item. Yeah, yeah, but there was no way to know. Because so do, do you yeah, do a lot with group settings, Jackie? I do. It's hard. I love group settings. I have a group for women that I do now every Wednesday. It's hard. I would love to be able to get a group for teenagers, but it is so hard to get a group together with their schedules oh. to find a time. That you could find six to eight teenagers is you wouldn't believe how difficult. Oh no, no, I get it. Their schedules are busier than ours. They're pulled in lots of directions. Yeah. yeah. So right now so we haven't been able to do it as much. Yeah. So what do you so I know you said you work with teachers and kids. It's in the school setting. Is that what you do? Yes. So yeah, 90% of my work during the school year is in group settings in the classroom, okay. teaching teachers and kids at the same time. And what age do you work with? K through five at this point. Oh, is that, e you have three teenagers, which one's easier? Are the young ones more malleable? <laughs> y you know, uh, they are. And certainly they're less judgmental. Yeah. Um, but I do love my work with teenagers too, um, because there's a, a deeper kind of uh, getting. Yeah, deeper it's totally knowledge. different. Yeah. Yes. It's but totally it's different. amazing. Yeah, it's amazing to see the kindergartners and the fourth graders take these tools that I give them and come back and tell me how they're using them. It's amazing. Really? Yeah. Like, give me an example. Like, I had one student who would come back and tell me how she would do her breathing when her sister would not let her use her clothing or when her <laughs> sister yeah, I when her sister it. would let her, you know, into her room instead of sitting there and banging on the door and yelling, she said she found her anchor and would sit and breathe. Oh, I mean, my God. Isn't that great? And they're yeah. learning that skill yeah. such a young age. How valuable. Yes. And then the fact that some of the parents will get in touch with me and tell me that their kids are teaching them. Oh, God, isn't that always the case? Oh, I love it. I know. I, I always it. say my son makes me a better person. I swear to God. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So, I mean, you have three of them, right? How, what What age or what grade are they in? I have a junior, a sophomore, and a freshman. Lord have mercy. And a, a senior exchange student. What? So I've wanted to, yes, that I have an exchange student from Italy. 
right now. Okay. So do you get bored? Like what's going on there, Jackie? <laughs> no, the the thing was he came here. He did not have a family to live with. He was living with a woman down in Center City, an older lady, and um, he needed a home. So we gave him one. God bless. And how do your kids feel about that? Are they cool with it? Like, are they like, oh, yeah, God, they, mom? Yeah, they were the ones who wanted him. Really? Yeah, yes. So um, it's worked out well. He leaves in June. I'm sure we will miss him dearly. Isn't that awesome? God bless you. That's great. Yeah. I love it. So your three kids, I, I need to ask, will they take your advice? Will they listen to you? Yes. The mindfulness stuff. Yes. I have um, three of them who I believe that they listen to me because they've seen the change in me and how it has helped me to be a better mother, a better wife, a better friend. So Ah. the proof is in the pudding. you, You know what? You're right. You know, you just said something. That reminded me of, you know, some of my friends when they're like, I wish my kid would do this. I wish I could do that. And I think to myself and I watch them, the kids learn more by you, what you do, what your actions are, not what you say and the energy that you put off. That's the most magnificent thing, right? When someone says, I can't make my kid happy. I can't make my kid. And they, I always hear people say, well, start with you first. And you started with you first. And they're like, wow. Yeah, that you know that's magnificent. So, all right, let's talk about you. So, tell me a little bit about you. What got you into it? Uh, being really challenged as a parent got me into it. I, I really was feeling anxious and probably depressed, but I was afraid to call it depression because, by trade, I am a counselor myself. And I no, wait, back up a second. So were you, so you've always been a counselor. That's what you went to school for. I um, have been a counselor since age uh, 30. Okay. Yeah. And was in sales prior to that. Okay. So what kind of counselor were you? Uh, a family and individual therapist for kids. Okay. I love your honesty. Thank you so much because people are like saying, it's like a fitness person saying, should I admit that I'm having trouble working out or eating healthy? (laughs) Yeah, of course. But a lot of times that's why you get into it because, you know, we're in this, you know, we're in this together, right? We're in it together. Yeah. All right. So there you are, you had three kids and you were getting obviously overwhelmed. And what age was that? That was like, was that seven years ago? This was, no, this was probably 13 years ago. Okay. Yeah. So I went the route of pharmaceutical drugs and put myself on, uh, well, Butrin and Prozac and tried to deal with it that way. And uh, during that time too, I was working with juvenile delinquents and their families and Ah. finding that work really, uh, rewarding, but also really challenging. Yeah, so yeah. I had nothing. Once I came home, I was like empty for my kids. And I began to realize that I didn't want to continue this pattern and found myself going first turning to yoga and starting to do yoga to take care of my body and to try and manage stress that way. And then through my yoga practice and also bringing 
mindfulness into my therapy with these teenagers doing play therapy. So I would do sand tray therapy with them, and it was mindfulness-based sand tray therapy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that was the beginning of it for me. And what I realized was that I could be present with these kids and not worry about my phone, not worry about what was going on at home, not worrying about whether I was doing things right. If I would just be present with them, there was this connection that happened. And Crazy. Yeah, and and I still have some of my clients from 14 years ago coming to see me now. Really? Yes. Teenagers who have now, you know, they were in the juvenile justice system, um, stealing cars. And uh, I just had one probably in the last six months send me a thank you letter. Oh, yes. Saying that's that's the most rewarding. Yes. Yes. Got this little card in the mail, which was amazing. Mm -hmm. So. Once you saw, like you, you start diving into it, what else did you do? I mean, what else did you do to further your knowledge? I mean, you mentioned a little bit. What else did you do? So I did an eight week class at a yoga studio. That was the beginning of my mindfulness experience. Uh, Shout out to Banyan Yoga. And um, then I, once I did that, I thought, wow, this is amazing. And I need to know more. And then I also thought, I, if I would have known this as a child, how my life could have been different because I grew Mm. up, my mom died when I was in ninth grade. Yes. So big impact. My parents divorced when I was three and they had me when they were 17. So I had quite a lot of stuff that I was dealing with. And I thought if I could have had this as a kid, what would my life have looked like now? So I started to look into who's teaching this to kids and found a few different organizations, but settled with one in Northern California called Mindful Schools and trained with them for the next three years until I became a certified mindfulness teacher. Were were you able to do that online? Some of it was online. And um, some of it was in person where we went. And another big part of this is the retreat experience where you go and let yourself be silent for days on end. How many days on end we talking, Jackie? Well, for those, it was four days on end of silence and three days of working. But now the most that I've done is seven days of silence. You're kidding me. No. What happens? You've got to share. It's, I know uh, we don't have that much time left, but I need to know. Yeah, like, it's, emotion- it's emotionally debilitating and also okay. freeing at the same time. Yeah. It's intense. So when you're not talking, mm-hmm. you, do you ever get like, I just have to? Does anybody ever just go, I can't take it anymore. I'm going to freak out? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you do have and but, you know, you do have certain people who are leading the retreat where you can make appointments with them if you really need to talk. Okay, Um, so you can talk to them or people just leave. You know, they can't take it and they leave. Well, do you think they talk to themselves in their rooms or you with other people in your room? No, you're not. 
you're not with other the one that I the seven day I was not in a room with other people and there is certainly you know you do hear of people kind of cheating and going yeah. on their phone or or reading a book or writing things down which none of them in the ones that I had gone to were necessarily allowed wait a minute but wait I a do minute. have to wait, say, whoa whoa whoa, I, whoa whoa you yeah. can't write no and you can't read. No. So you don't have books to read. It is really seven days, 24-7 of sitting with yourself. <gasps> Did you really discover? I don't know if I could do it, but man, you must discover a lot of stuff. You do. You do. And you get really comfortable with breaking down. I was going to say, do you cry a lot? People must just cry yeah. a lot. Yes. Like you're sitting, you're in a room of a hundred people, but you don't talk to any of them, but you know, yeah. you have your story in your mind about all these people. And as you're sitting there, you just are hearing different people begin to cry. Yeah, and of course. Yeah. yeah it's powerful. All right. So do you, I, oh, this is something because the reason I'm going into this, Jackie, is we have a lot of different people on, mm-hmm. but I like first and we've never had anyone share a story like this. So I think it's fascinating. Uh, when you were there, did you find, like, would you have like ups and downs of relief and yeah. feeling like Nirvana and then back again and then Nirvana? Would it just be back and forth? Yeah, I don't is know about the- Nirvana, but um, <laughs> what I would have uh, would be like the first three days would be excruciating with okay. just trying to allow yourself to let yourself be there, you know, and not be thinking about what's going on at home or yeah. what else you could be doing. And then after the first three days, it started to get a little easier and it is alternating sitting so you'll sit for 45 minutes and then you'll walk for 45 minutes ah walk yes you know you make excuses to get tea just to do something yeah um you're you're what i found that first seven day was the at first the walk was excruciating because 45 minutes of walking in a line 10 paces back 10 paces forward you know was this walking, but never getting anywhere. Oh, yes. You weren't just walking. There was a format for that too. Oh yeah. You have to walk 10 steps, then 10 steps back, 10 steps. And so it, it takes over your brain. is just like, Oh my God, I can't do this anymore. This is ridiculous. But then all of a sudden there was this switch and it was like, all I wanted to do was walk. Walk. So, yeah. wow, there must, do you know where that came from? Like, how did they come up with that's the method of 10 steps forward, 10 steps back? That is um, a Vipassana practice. Okay. Yeah. And it doesn't necessarily have to be 10, but it's a, it's a line that you walk back and forth. And it is really to allow yourself to let go. Yeah. And not be worried about where you're getting to. Yeah. Because most of the time when we're walking, we're going, we're walking to get somewhere, to accomplish something. Absolutely. Yeah. Accomplish something. Yeah. There was nothing to accomplish there. Oh. Yeah. 
What state? Where did you? Where was this? What state were I you in? In Massachusetts, Insight Meditation Society. It is, you know, a place where all the big um, meditators from the seventies they founded this place. It's been there for a long time, like Joseph Goldstein, Sharon Salzberg. I went to um, for the first time, and I'm not even a yogi person, but I went more for the meditation part to uh, Kripala, and that's up there. Oh, I love it. Have you been there? How about the food at Kripala? First of all, okay, I just want, let's just people. So I went because I had sold my businesses and, and I hadn't gone as drastic as you, although I think I could use it yeah. because it's such a huge change. And somebody said, oh, don't go to a spa, Sandy, you'll like Kripala. I'm like, I'm not a yogi, but there's a million things to do, oh, yeah. you know, you, you, right. And you, I wanted all the mindful stuff and there's all these different courses and a lot of people just go. And they need to recuperate and are in science and just sleep or read or whatever they need just yeah. to get away because a lot of them are come from the cities. Well, I heard about the food, oh. but my God, I didn't know about the food. You can gain weight there. I mean, it's yes. extremely tough, right? Yeah. You don't go and everyone's like, oh, my husband's like, you're going to lose weight and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, heck no. There's so much amazing food and you can eat as much as you want. It's not like some spas where they serve you on your little plate. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I want to go back there and I was just there just for the food. I know. Me too. I have only been there once, but I still dream of their buffet. Yeah, I mean, I, I was. This is my first time ever to anything like that, and even the breakfast is silent. So they—that's the only thing that's silent is everyone to get used to it. Yeah, but they're sitting there with their journals or reading books because it's not like okay, don't do that. I've never—I didn't realize. I'm, I'm thinking about what you said, so I didn't know it would be more beneficial not to have my journal. So I was sitting there writing my journal. Mm -hmm. So I didn't even really experience what you were experiencing, which I'm so proud of you for doing. What year did you do that? The seven day journey. That was uh, probably three years ago. Oh, so that was pretty recent. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think, I mean, they have places you can do a day, two days, three days. Do you think even those would be beneficial? Yeah, absolutely. Doing three hours is beneficial. Doing 10 minutes is beneficial. Yes. And and kind of easing your way into it too. It's, it's like, oh, this is crazy. I wish we had more time, but I was thinking, because I love this, because this, this is something we've never discussed. I was thinking how everybody in my house doesn't like that I don't put TVs or radios on. There's mm -hmm. times I just want the silence yeah. and they want the distraction. They, and I was reading that because you were talking about distraction. They want the distraction, the noise right. in the background. Why is that? So they're not, they're not with their thoughts. I mean, what's the yeah. purpose of that? Distraction makes us feel comfortable. Okay. When we're distracted, we're in our realm. You know what I mean? We are so used to being distracted that it feels comfortable when we're distracted. When we actually tune into awareness and presence and we have to kind of let go of all these chaotic thoughts that we think serve us, we find in between the thoughts is true wisdom. Everything okay. else is anxiety and intellect, which really doesn't okay. serve us well. All right. So 
I, I want to home in on that one. You, when you say a lot of people are scared, they, you know, of their own thoughts, like what will they think and all the crazy mm-hmm. thoughts going on in their heads. So they distract with TV or music or whatever else we do. Yeah. Do you, and then, but you said that it's actually freeing to be with your thoughts. So do you think it's again because of the J word judgment, because they're judging their thoughts? Like, why don't they want to be with their thoughts? Yeah. Well, they're judging it. Often, yeah. We're judging our thoughts. We're thinking our thoughts are who we are. So there's a big thing right there. Like, yes, yes, yes. Right. We have 60,000 thoughts a day. They are not 60,000 ways that we are ourselves. These thoughts are just thoughts, but we make them ourselves who we are. And then we are afraid of that. Like, yeah. So I will have some mean thought about someone. That does not mean I'm a mean person. Oh, yeah. Well, I love the fact, you know, that listen, people that that's great advice. (laughs) You have like at least, you know, and I know they're all different places and how many are negative. So I'm going to say people say it's you have 90 percent reoccurring thoughts and others say it's 80 percent. But whatever it is, it's a lot of negative. I get that. But to know it's impossible for you to be 60,000 things. And I constantly say to people, you're not your thoughts. And that's what you're saying. But let's use some logic here. It's impossible to be all those things because that'd be a lot of split personalities going on there. Yes. And the other important thing about thoughts is that the thoughts, thoughts are just thoughts. Then we have these thoughts that we keep having every day, those repeated thoughts, right? Yeah. And those are the thoughts that become beliefs. But the only reason they become beliefs is because we've had them so many times, not because they're necessarily true or fact. Yeah. I, there's a saying I always love. A belief is just a thought you think over and over yes. again. Yes. Yes. And if you can think the thought that I had in my head for 40 years was you're an idiot. Right. That's a lot to get rid of. Yeah. That. Thank God I let that one go. Yeah. That was four years of training there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of so that's why when they say, you know, affirmations and conditioning and journaling, it, it, it doesn't happen overnight because you've been thinking it for so many years, you know, right. that's why what you're doing with the teachers and the young kids is really going to have amazing impact. Yeah. They don't I mean, have to think these thoughts for 40 years. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> Yeah. And I You're in charge of your brain, people. Right. Right. The idiot thought came from uh, you know, many years of having ADD undiagnosed and being forgetful and not being organized and you know, not managing my time well. And then coming to the realization when my daughter was diagnosed with ADD and saying, Oh my God, she's just like me. Mm. And then saying to myself, okay, maybe I'm not an idiot. Maybe I'm just forgetful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right? How much more kind is that? Right. Because you don't want your, your daughter to think she's an idiot yeah. for sure. You yeah. know? But, you know, until I could have that kindness for myself, I was even judging her. Oh, you yeah. You like get back yeah. together. Yeah, of course you would. That's what parents say. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 
being having just this meanness and the tone. And once I began to just be kind to myself and realize, oh my gosh, that's a connection yeah. to me. It allowed me to be kind to myself and to her. Oh, I love it. I love that. Jackie, is there, um, you know, you're, you're mentioning a lot of different valuable tools and I'm so, so grateful for you sharing a lot of your stories too, because it, it allows people then, you know, to open up and share their vulnerable stories. Mm-hmm. And the, of, of a lot of stuff that you said, the one thing I have here is the big V. I really think it's important to put yourself in vulnerable situations. I really do. So do and, I. And to realize, you know, hey, that's okay. You know, this we're all human. We all have our stuff. And I, I just so you know, I'm my I'm, I was born with hip dysplasia, mm-hmm. so my hips are tilted really, really far forward. I don't even know how kids came out, but they did. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so when I take yoga, uh, I'm like the worst one in class. My feet, <laughs> like I had no turnout, none, zippo, zippo. And I still do it and stand up front, yeah, because it makes me feel like vulnerable and for people to say, you know, Hey, she's an fitness instructor. Yeah. I could just do all the classes. I'm great. And I know how to do it. And I know how to fake it, make it. I know which movements work well with me, but I want to know what other people feel when they take my class. So I sit up front and I am no pretty picture, but for some reason I have to admit, I do get kicked out a lot of yoga, Jackie. Well, yeah. Cause I laugh oh. at myself. And it's not good. Like you could be in meditation and I understand I'm disturbing people because I have to go to a giggling or laughing yoga class because I just crack up and they're not being mean, but I'm disturbing people. Right. right. Is there any laughing there yoga is class? Laughing. There is laughing yoga. There is? Yes. Because <laughs> I just laugh at myself because it's hysterical, you know, to see me try to do some of this stuff. And I just think it's funny which I'd rather laugh at myself than, you know, be mad at myself. And I don't want to avoid it, but I can't find one. You will have to talk later yes, that. Yes, I'll have to see Except me laughing. And I'm not like, you know, so bad, but I do giggle, you know, yeah. and break the trunk. Yeah. So, all right, before we go, though, I have to ask, because I think we've covered almost every area. Is there, or should, can we send a link to... Um, some of the, cause I know people are going to hit me up hard with this. Some of these silent retreat places, even yes. if they're not wanting to be a mindful coach, is there places you could recommend going? Yes, for sure. Can IMS, which is insight meditation society. If you're really, that's the one in Massachusetts. Yeah, if you're serious about, I think they do four days, seven days, 10 days. Trying so to- even if you don't want to be a mindful coach, even if it's just for self growth. Oh yeah. Yeah. This is just for regular people. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, All right. I agree too with Kripalu and anything they offer, Omega. You can come to our center in Fort Washington every Saturday morning. We do a yoga and meditation half hour if you just want to try it out. You can come to or oh. Yep, that's cool. even my donation. Oh, great. That's good to know. Yeah. All right, so... How can they find you? So how should they look you up? They can look me up on the internet, www.projectmindful.org, on Instagram at got underscore stress. And also I will be, I just am starting a YouTube channel, Project Mindful, so they can find me there too. 
So that is your company, Project Mindful. Yes. Cool. All right, Jackie. Well, this has been so much fun and I really enjoyed it. I feel like we have a lot of takeaways for people. Is there anything that we didn't get in or cover that you want to go over? I just think be patient with yourself, right? The oh, other, I like that. Yeah. The other thing about this mindfulness thing is that, you know, we are distracted and don't think there's a right way to do this. There is no right way. If you can sit and just breathe for a minute here and there, you're on mm-hmm. your way. Don't think that you sh- your mind shouldn't be busy and distracted. Just notice distraction and bring your attention back to your breath and just try to accept whatever it is. I love that. Well, Jackie, I think my positive power ladies are going to really love it. I think the men would like it too, but oh, so sad for them because I'm putting this out to my ladies. There's so much here. I have to admit, I think, I don't know. I think I'm going to try a few days of the silence thing. I like to do things I've never done before. So I think you've convinced me that I'm ready for it. Fantastic. Let me know how it goes. I'm, I'm definitely, and I think I also want to stop in your center because Fort Washington isn't that far from Berwyn, so that's cool. Good. Yeah, that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, and it's great. All right, my gals, you got stuff out there. Be kind to yourself. Be kind to other people. Give yourself a big hug. Just think about it today. Think about what would happen if you didn't put all these rules and guidelines of things you had to achieve before you would love yourself. Wouldn't it be awesome if you could just love yourself unconditionally? I think so. Until next time, toodles. Thanks for listening. Remember to like, share, and subscribe if you enjoyed. And remember, stay powerful.